Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. Today, I want to talk about, I want to dedicate a whole episode to the entrepreneurial seizure, something I've referred to uh, many times on the show. I've talked about it on our coaching calls with individuals. It's in our courses. We talk about it all the time. It was first coined by Michael E. Gerber in the book, E-Myth Revisited. Uh, and I, I read it, I read that book maybe 15 or 20 years ago. I can't, I mean, I'm sure I can recommend it. I haven't read it in a long time, so don't hold me to it. But it, I took this was the biggest takeaway from it was the entrepreneurial seizure. So go ahead. I mean, it's an iconic book. I don't know how relevant it is today or if it's been updated, but it's called the E-Myth, E-Myth. Basically, it's this concept where, and oftentimes this happens when you're stuck in a rut or you're working a traditional job, God forbid, and you are kind of thinking, I want out, I want to do something different. And you get this idea, right? And in our case, it's a record label to start a record label, but it could be anything. And you get this idea and you get overwhelmed. This warm, excited feeling comes over your you and nothing can stop you. And it's all consuming and it's completely distracting. And it's a great feeling. I, I quite like it. And you research, you Google how to start a record label and you stumble upon a beautiful laid out website by this gorgeous Canadian guy really handsome guy and you download all his free resources and you pick a name for your record label and you maybe even buy a domain name or you um, squat on all of the the usernames on Instagram and on TikTok, you know, and you maybe text a bunch of friends and say, I have a great idea to start a record label. Let's do this. Do you want to get involved? Do you want to sign, be the first artist? You know, you envision all of these things. And it, honestly, everything I've talked about could happen in like 10 minutes. It could happen in one weekend. Um, it's this like eureka moment, you know, we pack a year's worth of research and preparation to one all consuming weekend. It's the feeling of eureka, uh, the excitement of a new idea, uh, and the potential life change that this idea could bring for a lot of entrepreneurs. That's kind of what we want. We want transformation. We want a life change. We want to get out of our job or we want to build a life for us, our family that, um, you know, or at the very least, for me, when I started my label, was I just wanted to do something important that I thought was fun. It wasn't about quitting my day job, which I enjoyed at the time. It was about just doing music uh, with my friends. That's wh why I started a label. Um, I think for us, when we're talking about the entrepreneurial seizure, and, and, and I'm going to dive into it more in a second, but it's this like, I could start a record label and you Google everything for an hour and you do all these things. It's like Christmas morning, basically, for dreamers or for creatives. It's very exciting. This is one of the core concepts that I've talked about on other record labels over the years, whether in their coaching calls, in our courses, uh, in episodes. And it's the concept I hear the most quoted back to me when I chat with you guys, whether on a clarity call or, or just an email. I think it's a, something that really resonates with a lot of you. And so I thought it'd be a good idea to dedicate an entire episode to unpacking um, this concept and figuring out what it means for us. Um, what exactly is it? What's the benefits and the pitfalls? And most importantly, how to leverage it for the long-term sustainability of your record label. Now, like all of our resources, I'm going to put the notes from today's show. If you want to digest this um, as a article, if you want to watch the video, um, go to otherrecordlabels.com slash seizure. I believe that's spelled. <laughs> this is just a shortcut, by the way. It redirects you to a longer URL. So I got I feel weird using that term 
maybe too loosely, but otherrecordlabels.com slash seizure, S-E-I-Z-U-R-E, I think, uh, or Z is how you guys say it. Okay. Now that you know what it is, hopefully we're clear on this. And, and I think I don't need to define it. It's not a medical condition or anything, by the way, but I don't need to define it too much because I think 99% of us are entrepreneurs in some way. Some of us don't like to refer to ourselves as entrepreneurs because it maybe invokes like capitalism or Elon Musk or whatever. But most of us consider ourselves entrepreneurs or creative entrepreneurs in one way or another. So you kind of probably know what this feeling is. Uh, I get it. I get it. You know, it's not something you get once in your life. It honestly can be something that you experience more than once, whether you have more than one business ideas or product ideas. For me, running a business, running multiple businesses, you know, I have other record labels, which is a podcast, but it's also a business. And I get little entrepreneurial seizures that kind of consume me for a weekend. Uh, I get them on a drive. If I'm on a long drive, I have this idea. I'm like, oh, and I start to work it out in my head. And I also have entrepreneurial seizures. Even as an independent artist, I run my own career as an independent artist. And I sometimes go, well, what if I were to do this as like a YouTube series? Or what if I were to like dive into a Patreon or, or a YouTube channel? And I kind of have that little entrepreneurial seizure. And so they actually happen multiple times a year for me. Um, they're not just like a once in a lifetime thing. What's our goal with this episode? Like, what's our goal with our record labels in a way? What's our goal with like the entrepreneurial seizure or maybe tackling the entrepreneurial seizure? The goal is to build a long-term sustainable record label. Does that mean immediately profitable or a label that allows you to quit your day job in year one? Not necessarily, most likely no. It means being the kind of entrepreneur who's in it for the long-term. Let's look at the pros and cons real quick of the entrepreneurial seizure. The pros of the entrepreneurial seizure is it's fuel for the fire. This is the energy and excitement that will help you get started really quick. It's hopefully the energy and excitement that brought you to me right now, <laughs> listening to this, reading our articles, downloading our, our, our resources. It's this, like I said at the beginning, it is this all-consuming, often weekend or week or month or the first quarter, uh, and it's just heavy on the research, and it, it fuels you. This seizure, this excitement fuels you. It's like a spaceship. It's the booster jets that do most of the work, but they eventually fall off, you know, right? We can't kind of um, rely on them. And so think of it that way, right? They burn super bright. They burn super hot. All of the energy happens in the first couple of minutes, and then you're soaring, right? The entrepreneurial seizure is powerful. It's natural. It's organic. This feels like health class. It's free. It's like a natural drug. And we're going to talk about why this is good, why this is important, how we leverage it in just a second, but I'm just listing it as one of the pros. And like I mentioned, it comes back. It's not a one-time thing. It resurfaces in various ways over the years. And we'll talk about that even more later in the episode. It's an internal motivator. So it doesn't really, I mean, I believe that it shouldn't be recognized by customers or, or by our friends and family. Like this is something that should uh, motivate entrepreneurs from the inside out. This isn't something, if people notice that you're having an entrepreneurial seizure, I think that's a problem. We'll talk about that a bit more in the, in the cons. Okay, now let's talk about the cons of the entrepreneurial seizure. Um. The con, and, and we talk about this so much when I'm chatting with a lot of you one-on-one, -on -one, which I love to do, but 
obviously, I think we know that this se- this seizure, I've talked about it being natural, but it's also kind of artificial, right? Because it's not sustainable. It just, we don't feel newness and excitement for anything over the long term, do we? You get a brand new bike that night, that day, it's super exciting. That week is super exciting. And the, uh, you wear a new hoodie, it smells like the store for a couple of days, and then you forget about it, right? Same with relationships, even. Even big things like buying your first house or your first car. When I got my first car, it was a Honda Civic, of course. That's just what guys like me do. And I wa- it was old, too, and so it was in rough shape. And washing it did nothing. But I washed it twice a day for the first week, easily twice a day, sometimes three times a day for the first week. Then the second week, I washed it maybe once a day or once every other day. And then by like a month later, maybe on a weekend, maybe once on a weekend. And then like three months, six months, a year later, never. I would maybe wash it once a year. So um, it's um, the cons of it is that it's not necessarily natural. It doesn't last forever, right? It masks the complexity of the long, long-term task. That's another negative is that it's, it kind of like, tricks us into thinking, oh my gosh, if I have this much excitement and energy, I'll be able to do incredible things. But we need to realize it. this doesn't last. It misrepresents the banality of the long-term job as well. It misrepresents how boring this job can be. You, you might feel the entrepreneurial seizure the first time you do record label royalties, but maybe not uh, the second time or the 100th time. It's not sustainable. It doesn't last forever like the feeling of a new relationship, like I mentioned, or the car smell. It's just, it's its not forever. I'm sad to say it's not forever. It also creates unrealistic expectations. We think we have this energy. Will it always be here? Will I always have this passion? Because this entrepreneurial seizure, even though it's internal, it reflects outwardly and our peers have it and our team members have it and everyone has it. And it's like, we're going to be doing this forever. It's also in it can be embarrassing and it can be unprofessional. Like I mentioned, it's an internal motivator. But when you, if you've read my How to Start a Record Label book, or I think we talk about it in the, in the course as well, I talk about keeping your record label a secret uh, in the first couple of months while you're building it, before you launch it, as a way to kind of build up, as a way to kind of use launch day and, and the excitement of, wow, we have all these things built and now we're launching a label as kind of a promotional tool. At the same time, I think it's important to keep your entrepreneurial seizures kind of secret and internal to avoid being that boy who cries wolf. You know what I mean? And and we all know those people who like open an Instagram account and say, hey, I'm starting a business today. And they come up with a logo. And then like two weeks later, we don't hear anything anymore. Or like two months later, it's unfortunate. And so I feel like you run the risk of looking a little unprofessional. And the entrepreneurial seizure makes us do kind of uh, irrational things like get a logo and even rent a storefront before we've crunched all the numbers. You know what I mean? It's also just not appropriate for small businesses. The entrepreneurial seizure, we've talked about the pros and I'm going to talk to you in a second about how to leverage it, but it's just not, ultimately it's not really appropriate for businesses. It's not a good thing in a lot of ways. Let me give you an analogy of a coffee shop. For example, if you were to use the entrepreneurial seizure to help you open a coffee shop. You pick the location, you pick a name for the shop, you pick what kind of coffee and what kind of menu items you want to sell. And it's really exciting. And you pick your decor look and you decide, you know, 
um, on some of those cosmetic and exciting and fun things. Not the boring parts like getting a permit and getting uh, health inspection and all that stuff, but you 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 get started with all the exciting things. But what's really important is that that coffee shop is open every single day so that people can rely on it as their source for more, their morning coffee, right? It's not appropriate for a coffee shop to only open when the uh, when the owner is feeling entrepreneurial or is feeling creative and is being like, yeah, I want to go and, and make coffees today. No, it's not appropriate, right? Small businesses need to be open every day or they need to have a consistent schedule. And so the con of the entrepreneurial seizure is that it's it's unreliable, doesn't last forever, and it's just not it's not very professional. It's not a great way to run a business. So now we know what the entrepreneurial seizure is. We've simply given a name to something that most of us have felt at some point in our record label business or are feeling right now. We know the benefits of it to propel our new idea, like rocket boosters. We know the pitfalls, the unsustainability, the temporary nat- uh, nature of newness and new things. It's natural in the sense that it's self-motivation and passion to get the job done, but it's unnatural in that we can't rely on it forever. So how can we leverage it? If you're feeling it right now, how should you act? If you're not feeling it right now, but you know it comes in waves, what can we do about this? How can we utilize it? Number one, I got three ways. Number one, put a plan in place for when the seizure wears off or it loses its luster. What would this look like for a coffee shop? We just talked about this. We've got all this exciting things of picking a name and picking a location and picking a logo, picking a menu, all those fun stuff, picking the playlist that plays overhead, picking the chairs, the decor. What would this putting a plan in place for when that excitement wears off? What would that look like for a coffee shop? It would look like, number one, a schedule. Number two, employees, right? A schedule is, we're going to be open uh, seven days a week, and we're going to open at 7 a.m., and we're going to close at 5 p.m., right? And we're going to have employees because I can't, I'm the owner, I can't be there all the time. So we need to find two employees, and they're going to work half the time, and I'm going to work half the time. So what would this, putting a plan in place for when the seizure wears off, what would this look like for a record label? A schedule, same as a coffee shop. Pick a release schedule that you can manage. Pick it a pick a content marketing schedule that you can manage. What do I mean by that? I mean saying instead of you know blasting on social media all the time when you first get started, say I'm just going to post once a week. We don't have a strategy yet. I'm going to post once a week, or I'm going to post um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I'm not going to post on the weekends. I'm going to take time off. You pick a release schedule that you can manage, like I mentioned, and you pick something you can manage. Can you manage 12 records a year when you get started? I don't think so. I wouldn't recommend that. Can you manage four once a quarter? Probably still those quarters are going to sneak up. Can you manage two? One, one in the, in the winter and then another one in the fall or one in the, one in the winter, spring, you know, summer, fall. Yeah, that's, that's manageable. This is about tempering your commitments. Same thing with employees, just like the record shop. We could employ employees or team members uh, that complement your skills and passions. There are often in businesses, there's leaders and there's managers. There's leaders who 
get off on being visionaries who live for the dream. And then there's managers who actually don't have that visionary spirit. They actually don't really aren't really interested in blue skying. They're more interested in going to work and doing the same thing and and implementing that vision and getting it done. And so maybe try to partner up with someone who has an opposite skill set as you. Number two, number the second way we leverage the entrepreneurial seizure is to utilize it to get as much done as possible. So we know it's temporary, but we're going to take advantage of it. We're going to utilize it to our benefit. We're going to batch tasks. We're going to put content in the bank for days when you're not feeling it. So when you have this entrepreneurial seizure, we're talking about these booster rockets, right? Is it a problem when these rockets fall off the spaceship and the spaceship heads into outer space? No, it's designed that way. They don't need it to keep propelling it. It's They've done its job. And so, but there's a lot packed into that initial burst, right? And so we, if we feel this, it's okay to run with it. You don't need necessarily to slow yourself down. Use this entrepreneurial seizure knowing full well, it's going to burn out. It's going to run out, right? It's a firecracker. It's going to explode and be gone. And so use it now to get things done. Do the fun stuff if you want. Use it to do some of the boring stuff. Book a meeting with a lawyer, an accountant. Um, talk to your local city to getting a, or your local state or province to get a, a permit or whatever. Just use it to get you through uh, some of the tough stuff. And then bank stuff. You don't, you know what I mean? Use it to create content. Use it to sign bands and to get excited about something. I had this entrepreneurial seizure for my label that lasted for about one full year, maybe a little bit more, but I would say maybe 13, 14 months. And the entrepreneurial seizure was really white hot in the early days. I was making a website and making a logo and a Facebook page and all these things. But I was also meeting with people all the time, meeting with team members and people who wanted to volunteer. And we were a community, a collective. And I was meeting with artists and I was doing all these things. And our first full official year, I think we did over 12 releases. I mean, if you include EPs, we did a film too, like a documentary on something and some merch. We did probably 12 to 15 mega, mega projects in a, a year, maybe even under a year if you don't count December. And it was insane. And then what happened was I burnt out. I've told this story before. I burnt out and I had nothing to release. So not only did we have major albums stepping on each other's toes because they'd be released two weeks apart, but it left me with nothing to release the following year. Easily the biggest mistake I ever made. If I could go back, I would have instead banked some of that energy and said, okay, we can record right now because we're all excited. We can sign bands, meet with bands, but let's just hold off on releasing this for six months because we don't have anything planned for this coming winter instead of trying to release it all in the fall before. You know what I mean? So use the entrepreneurial seizure to get as much done as possible, even if you're just banking some of that stuff for when it wears off. And finally, number three, regularly nurture and re-engage with the entrepreneurial seizure. Make room for it. It's a side of your personality that should be cherished. This episode is kind of going back and forth between criticizing the entrepreneurial seizure and warning you about it, but also trying to praise it and leverage it. So 
I think if you can re-engage with it, um, it's a good thing. Let's say, for example, you book a night at a hotel. Um, it can cost a bit of money or a friend's cottage or whatever, a weekend. Bring some books, some records, and and a notebook, and try to re-engage with that entrepreneurial seizure and plan for your next year. Maybe you do it the week before Christmas and New Year's. Maybe you do it over the summer to get ready for the fall. And you get ready to relaunch or you get ready to basically store up some some fuel in those boosters to to reboost yourself again. So like I mentioned, it is possible to have multiple seizures. Obviously, we have it in the early days, but then when our first release doesn't go well, it starts to fade away. So make room for it. See if you can um, re-engage with it every once in a while. You need to have it under control. When I I buy a new book, I always make myself finish the one I'm reading with uh, before uh, I start the new one. You know what I mean? The new book is a reward. So I finish the one I'm reading before I'm allowed to start the new one. So feed this side of your entrepreneurial personality but be able to say, okay, not now. You're not needed right now. That's the the big thing is having this control, this mastering of this um, entrepreneurial spirit. Might be a better way to call it actually is entrepreneurial spirit. And so engage with it, nurture it, and control it. So that's it. How to leverage your entrepreneurial seizure. Put a plan in place for when it wears off. And that's a schedule and a team building a system, right? Number two is to utilize it to get as much done as possible, like rocket boosters. And number three is nurture it and engage with it regularly. Go to otherrecordlabels.com slash seizure to get the notes from today and watch the video. I hope you found this helpful. Um, I know this is such a concept that, that we love to talk about because it's, for me, when I read this book so many years ago and, and heard this term, it really put a name to something that I had always been feeling. And since reading that book, I've had this all-consuming seizure probably 50 to 100 times. You know what I mean? In little ways and in big ways. In some ways, I get the seizure and nothing comes of it. In some ways, I get this this entrepreneurial spirit comes over me and, and it... I end up having an idea or, or working on something that changes my life. And so it, I like it. It's really fun. It's just putting a name to that exciting feeling, but you've got to figure out how to leverage it. There are lots of pros and cons to it, but if you can use it, then it's not something to be afraid of. It's just something to be aware of. So go to otherrecordlabels.com slash seizure, spelled S-E-I-Z-U-R-E, otherrecordlabels.com slash seizure to engage with this episode, to watch the video, and to get the notes from today. Also, before I go, how have you ever thought about joining our Record Label Academy? This is the the new name that's um, part of our, basically, all of our courses. You know, we have courses on how to start a record label, and then we have our courses on marketing your releases that was built with publicist Jamie Coletta. And then we have some other um, kind of smaller courses that focus on single subjects like music publishing and artwork and design, uh, also sync licensing, web design. What else am I missing? There's like eight or 10 of them. Um, anyway, there's all that. There's our eBooks as well, which are included. 
and there's more courses and more templates. All of that has just been combined into one thing that you can buy on our website. So go to otherrecordlabels.com. You'll see our Record Label Academy right there on the homepage, or you could go directly to otherrecordlabels.com slash academy. And it's it's basically just like this big music school without the crippling debt. So go to otherrecordlabels.com slash academy to see if that's something that would be interesting to you. And thank you, as always, for listening. <laughs>